0: You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. The fastest two-year-old of his crop, not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and a half-brother to Liam's map, sire of two grade one winners in his first crop. TDN said, too talented a horse with too good a pedigree to pass up. The time is now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Not this time, a tailor-made stallion,
1: Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois.
0: Look for his first two-year-olds this year.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder, managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, and she's, oh, she unmuted herself. Thank you, Michelle, is the great Michelle you, Michelle, welcome to the show.
2: I tried to keep it on mute so you didn't have to hear my kids doing crazy things.
1: I love hearing your kids doing crazy things. That's what makes the show different and special. Oh, well, I'm
2: glad to hear that.
1: Michelle, I want to get right into our guest today because he's a very special guest. He's a friend of both uh, yours and mine. His name is Ryan Flanders. Ryan, welcome to the show. Good to be with you both. Two of my favorite people in the sport. You don't have to butter us up. This is going to be a very easy... Who do you like better? Who do you... What? Don't Whoa. answer that. Ryan, don't <laughs> answer That's a an trick answer. question. Do not answer that. Um, what? Yeah, don't answer. Don't answer. We're all good. No, Ryan, I know you do this a lot, but um, you're, you're known as Benny South Street on Twitter. You're very popular, and you have a new, um, what, what should we call this, product called uh, Trip Notes Pro. Which I have been using all through Delmar, which is a fantastic product, and we're going to talk all about that. But before we do that, just give a little introduction, a little background about yourself and how you got into the game. It's rare; Michelle gets mad at me when we don't have owners on, but I, I felt it was necessary because I think your product's so great. But so, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself.
3: I appreciate that flattery will get you everywhere, Bill. <laughs> my uh, my stepfather was a horse trainer he uh, he trained horses down at, in Agua Caliente and uh, i went down there every weekend from the time i was about 4 till 13 he actually trained horses for old english rancho when they would want black type they would they would ship down their decent allowance horses and they would just pick off stakes down there so that's where i grew up learning the game kind of cut my teeth down there and then as i got older i just became a big big fan was at satellite wagering all the time in the back of the back of the otb there watching tapes all day and that's kind of where i learned what i'm doing now
1: now you say watching tapes and i know that's obviously goes into the trip notes which we're going to talk about but what when you were younger uh in your late teens and you were you're starting handicapping what was your style uh what did you what did you use were you a form guy did you were you early days ragazin what was it
3: just basic pps and replays and it's always been that way um Incorporated a few different things into to my game now. I use some software which helps me with track variants and, and run up and rail positions, which so many people ignore. I, th- I feel like you have to use that stuff today, but yeah, just basic PPs and a lot of replays.
1: Yeah, a lot of replays. Were you like me who um, used to tape the reset replays on Channel 56 and then watch them back later? Or like I literally I had stacks I- of videotapes.
3: I was the same way. I had stacks of VHS tapes. There was a uh, show. It was Trevor Denman, and I used to record yep. it. And uh, it was a major pain in the butt to do it back then, you know, because you didn't, you couldn't really just fast forward. You almost had to stop it and play it and see where you were at, and you had to keep your own little library. Technologies made it very easy today, which, which is kind of funny. It's a lost art, watching replays. And it's never been more easier to watch replay. So I, I don't really know why that's happened, but I feel like I feel like that it has. And it's, it's the last remaining element in in
1: handicapping and finding value when you go to the track. Makes a lot of sense. Maybe have you ever heard
2: heard people don't know how to watch a replay.
1: Yeah, I was. Oh, Michelle, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to have you do the uh, Trevor Denman impression since he brought Trevor up and it's his <laughs> birthday today. He turned 68.
2: Happy birthday, Trevor Denman! <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a great question, Michelle. Uh, Ryan, what, what t- tell us about it. What, what, what kind of made you start watching the replays? And then how do you watch a replay and what are you looking for? I mean, it's got to be hard to watch 12 horses all at the same time.
3: Yeah, so there are a few different things. I mean, in general, I, I think the PPs lie to people, right? So, for example... You could read a lot, read a line in a past performance that says that the horse is clear by length, and he's clear by a length and a half, and he's clear by a length, and maybe he fades a little bit and he gets beat three lengths, and he and he runs third. But what you don't see in that running line is that he was being flanked and pressed, and he was eight lengths clear of the horse that was in third. So, unless you're combining that running line with something visual, the P, the PPs for me personally. Are lost i'm more of a visual person so that's the first thing is that i think people need to understand that w- what you're reading can paint a very different picture than what is really happening on the track uh, and then the second thing is when you said how do you watch a race of 12 horses i i really feel like people need to focus on one horse so generally speaking people play a race and they're watching their horse more than the others But they kind of have that macro view of what's going on around them, if this horse is wide, what's going on with the pace. But unless you're watching that horse, um, you can miss a lot. And when you watch both angles and you stare at that horse, I really feel like it opens up a whole world of information in terms of the horse comfort, in terms of a jockey's decision. And those are the two big things that I'm looking for that, that are lost in the comment lines that that can really o- offer up value. So horse comfort and jockey intent are the two big things The the major wow. trouble lines are, are over bed and baked into the price. And they're, they're almost of negative value. So I try and avoid looking at things like that.
2: How many times do you watch a race to like, do you watch once per horse so you can follow every horse if you're making a note?
3: At least twice. I watched it at least twice. So I watch the pan shot to get a view of, the first thing I do is I, I, I hit the head on and I watch the start. Because the start's critical, especially for speed horses and sprint races. Um, and do but you, you watch have to get an idea of,
2: I'm sorry? Like very first, the very first time you're watching a race, do you watch like it, ob- objectively, I guess I'll say, like do you watch every horse in the race the first time and see what you get from it and then you go back and individually watch horses or do you right away just zero in on a horse to get through it
3: no i'll lock in on one horse um when you watch the pan shot you can get a feel for what's going on and i'll read you know i'll read who's in the race and what their odds were and you know if they were you know if the public thought they had a better chance than others and i'll I'll get a feel for maybe what should have happened you know who the logical horses were and then and then i'll just start in watching that one horse so i'll, I'll watch the head-on all the way around and i'll toggle back and forth to the pan shot the pan shot gives you a better perspective of the the, the distance between runners but the head-on shots the most critical i, I would say 90 percent of the information i get is on a head-on shot because that's when you can see especially in dirt racing uh, where you can see if a horse is really not happy while he's in between you get An idea of how wide they were on a track like if you're watching saratoga that camera is so low to the track you can't tell how wide that horse was right so if you're incorporating a track bias you have no idea how that horse could have been six wide when it looks like maybe he was two or three wide so yeah you just kind of got to do the work and and put in the time and it's it's certainly uh it's a labor of love it takes a takes a pretty pretty big investment of time to do do one race. It probably takes me about an hour a race. That's,
1: that is, I was just thinking about the time because, listen, let's be honest, a lot of people go to the track and they bring their form and they sit down and they open their form a half hour before the first race and they take, you know, 25 minutes to handicap that race. Then they go on to the next race. What you're doing with Trip Notes Pro is providing a service that is so time consuming for you, but you're making it easier for. The potential handicapper. Right. Is that was that the purpose of it or what when you said, you know what, I want to make a business out of this. What was your thinking?
3: Well, nobody wants to do it. And it's it's the most critical
1: part of, of
3: my handicapping process. Right. So there's a reason why there aren't any services out there like it. It's because it just takes too much time that and i also feel like there's no
2: way to automate this you know like a lot of things we use algorithm there's no way to automate watching a replay
3: yep and it's subjective right so i think we're pretty good at it uh the guys that we have writing the notes are, are i think pretty skilled so that helps a lot and then we incorporate different things like you know i can i can tell who's writing right just like you guys probably can i can tell who paco is i can tell who Ired is i can tell who mike smith is and pratt and all these guys and and how they ride and if they're trying or not which is a different element um i I think some of these good riders ride with their legs and not their hands and you can you can really see that when you watch them closely you can you can tell how much effort they're putting in which you know i don't i don't believe jockeys when they get in the gate they're looking to lose per se but I do feel like there are times where they, they get in the gate for whatever reason, bad horse racing luck happens, and then they look to protect the horses and keep them around uh, for the next go. Um, so we're looking for those things as well.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You're very critical of jockeys in your notes. I've read a lot of your notes, obviously. I am a fan, but you are critical of jockeys. Is there Are there certain jockeys right now um, obviously we, a lot of our listeners are in Southern California, Pratt, Rispoli had just come off huge Delmar meets. Um, are there certain jockeys out here that you appreciate how hard, and I think it what I, from what I hear, it's not always how smart they are, but how hard they try.
3: Yeah, you know, we, we can be critical of jockeys, but I don't think it's any different than being critical of LeBron James. If he makes a bad decision and you're watching an NBA game, I mean, these guys are professional athletes they paid a lot of money and they're deserving of criticism from time to time now that being said we did just do a fundraiser for the permanently disabled jockey fund and we raised thousands of dollars for those guys so we appreciate what they do they're out there risking life and limb but i don't think they're immune to criticism if deserving and that's one of the things that we do we don't we don't have much of a filter because our service does not you know it, we shouldn't have one right the only sure. way we can Offer up the good information is to be honest with ourselves and honest with our with our clientele.
1: Ryan Flanders uh, have from Tripnote. I'm sorry. Sorry. Billy. I was just going to pitch his name and the website, but you know because your text Knock isn't working, out. Michelle. We'll take this right out you know. of the podcast, Ryan. <laughs> Don't worry. Tripnotespros Ryan Flanders is here. Go, Michelle.
2: Have you gotten any feedback about that, uh Ryan? Because you're so you know you're laying it out there and you're being pretty brutal sometimes with. What you think you know? Someone's uh, interest level is, or intent level is. Have you gotten any jocks that are like, "Hey, I don't appreciate that you think I gave that a crap ride, or that I wasn't trying hard, or whatnot"?
3: No, no, we haven't. I'm sure people have thought it, but I, I haven't seen anything come across. But <laughs> you know, like, like I said, it's they're professional athletes, and they're not immune to criticism from time to time. That's the kind of way we Absolutely. think. We don't we don't call guys out by name. But we will say, hey, look, you know this this rider didn't give full effort on this day, and that and that's by the way could be not always an indication of their intent. That could be trainer intent, right? So sure.
1: mm-hmm. you
3: get into the paddock, and the guy says, you know, hey, you know, I think she needs a race. You know that that rider gets onto right. the racetrack and probably has something in the back of his head where, you know, maybe he's a little tired and and he wraps up a little bit early and. And that's what I'm looking at. I don't know what the trainer said. I'm just all I can do is analyze what the guys are doing on the track. So, there's
1: it's it's interesting you say that, and because you brought up the trainers, but there's also there's an interesting part of the trip notes, and the trip notes are not they're not um, handicapping guides, so to speak. They're not saying bet a two three exact a box here. They are still. Uh, subjective, as you mentioned, and they're also subjective for the reader. And I think what's nice about them, and, and I'm curious of the feedback that you're getting from the trip notes themselves, Ryan, is, uh, it, 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 like you said about the form, uh, this horse had trouble. And then in your trip notes, you say the trouble was not really there. You know, that kind of stuff. So that you're not Uh, or this horse galloped out huge, make sure you watch the end of this race. You know, it was his first race back in six months. It's those kind of things that are important. Are those the kind of notes you are getting back from your clientele? Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of positive feedback every once in a while. And so
3: to date, it's been rare. Everyone, you know, someone will be critical, but at the end of the day, we are not a tout. We're just offering subjective information. Now people take it as that, right? So you can tell, we might be leaning hey i, I kind of like this one a little this was impressive but we're not riding anything that we don't believe right so they're horses they make left hand turns right so horse race is going to happen you know maybe they don't fire what have you in the next race but if you look back at the previous race and you look at what we've written most people have found that it's dead on accurate so I don't know if that answers, answers your no, question absolutely. or not,
1: but, you know, a lot of... I think that's the most yeah. important thing. Some of these
3: thing. trouble lines...
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. This is this is your show. <laughs> yeah. I was
3: just going to say, you know, some of the trouble lines that show up, we ignore... You had mentioned ignore that trouble line or what have you. Like, the start is a great example. You'll see a horse break well, and he'll, he'll get bumped a little bit. But if the comment in the forum says, bumped start, a lot of times especially for those people that follow quarter horses, you'll notice a bump can actually help you. Right. Right. So if you, if you're, if you blow the gate open, you've got a half length lead on the field and you get nudged a little bit, it's almost like you get, you get pushed forward a little bit. Whereas a speed horse that breaks a half length slow and suffers that bump, it can be devastating to that horse. So those kinds of little things, um, we, we kind of magnify so that, it, it gives the reader a better understanding of how the rest of the race played out
1: i think that's a that's a i think it's great uh TripNotePros.com, ryan flanders joining us here on the horse ownership experience um ryan this takes a lot of time you said it's maybe an hour a race and you're doing several tracks H- how many people are working on this right now did you train them to do this are these people that you knew before because obviously your eye might be different from someone else's eye
3: yeah, so we've got we've got two solid guys writing notes. That's myself and and a younger guy whose n- name is Tyler Hoffman, um, which is kind of cool because the last two Need Anita Derby Day contests we we've both won, so we've got to hold on to that title next nice. year. But And then we've got a yeah we've got a couple subs that come in. Both tournament players. One a former trainer um, who's a professional horse player and he's really really good. I wish I could get in to do it more often, but it's tough, man. It's tough to keep up the summer do you I work, write and I'm not the... exaggerating.
2: <laughs> do you write on the trip notes? Like, do you write like, okay, if you're reading the DRF and it's like the closer looks, it'll say like who wrote them and like maybe some people you trust more than others. Do you note know on your trip notes, who did the actual note? Cause maybe you love what Tyler sees and you know, you don't like what someone else sees
3: we we don't you you don't know but our our writing styles are pretty similar um but no to answer your question there's there's no way for anybody to know but we QC them right so they, they they get sent through a, our own little quality control process and and uh, they're they're almost edited by others so we we see similar things it's it's definitely a skill you know i can watch a replay with a lot of people and
1: see totally different things Right, not that I'm better than anybody else, yeah. but
2: Ryan and I do I, I, that a lot actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Ryan Hansen, husband, hubby. Hanson, no, yeah. no. Oh, you Ryan and Ryan Sanders
2: do that
1: all the time. We all well,
2: like watch this race and we see completely different things.
1: I just want to kind of describe the trip notes for people who don't who aren't out there cuz I'm on the dashboard right now and you choose your track, you choose your date, you can go through all the races for example, I'm on Santa Anita September 25th. I can go right to race 6 with one click. And I can look at, for example, number six, Unique Factor. I click on that horse. It has the trip date for the last race this, this Philly ran. Uh, and the trip note says, very simply, race four deep, three wide in a lineup of three across, stalking the four across battle for the lead to the far turn, or FT. You have to know what that means. Wild, uh, mild rally, four wide, TOS. What's that, Ryan? Top of stretch. Top yep. of stretch and grinded away in the lane, lost a three-way photo for the place money. Then there's a race note. The favorite pushed the pace three wide and took over on the far turn and drew away in the lane. There's a track bias, and then there's a summary, and sometimes there's rider stuff. Like this one says negative rider switch. So all that information is literally like three clicks away. When you designed this, was that how much of the user implementation were you thinking about? Well, the big thing is
3: the big thing that we had to do is protect it,
1: right? So, workout
3: reports get passed around like skittles, right? So, I didn't want to I didn't want to spend all this time doing it and then sell it and have it just be passed around. So, we had to create it in a way uh, where we had different screens and people were popping around. Um, So that was the first thing, and then it's just kind of it's just kind of grown on its own organically. Um, even some of the terms, you've got a glossary in there, which I've kind of just made up terms on my own. For example, that I have a term that's called fake fast. And for anybody that studies pace, a lot of times you can look in the form and the, the time form pace analysis or other pace analysis with software might come up with a really fast pace. But what you don't know is that maybe there was a runoff leader by 10 lengths who was ignored by the rest of the field. And the pace is actually slow.
1: Sure.
3: So there are things like that where I've got terms like fake fast and accordion flow is another term we use where you see that fast pace on a turf course, slow down, down the backstretch and the field all crunches together into the oh, far I hate turn. That. And then they, and then they stretch out again. When they, when they enter the far turn and that, that almost always leads to a forward running horse winning, but just because of all that congestion, it's hard to find a clear path when you're moving in. But, you know, terms like that, to to help kind of paint that picture so that people
1: can understand
3: you're trying to give, you're trying to allow them to watch the race without having to watch the race. correct
1: that that makes a ton of sense and I totally get it. Is there is there one thing when you're watching a race, a replay and you see something and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is what I need to write about. Like this horse had this hidden something." What what is that thing where you where you kind of get excited and like, "I can't wait to put this in the trip note." Well, I've got one I've got one tomorrow actually, Uh-oh. and it, it's funny, I, I At consider Santa myself
3: it's actually at Belmont, um, but I am I really like watching horses that have never run because there's a lot that you can glean. So, for example, the board, the tote. So people, have for whatever reason, people think that if the horse has low odds that he's well met. Maybe he is, but they use it incorrectly when the odds are high, which is this is probably a no try. Right, they're probably giving this horse this race. So if people see high odds, generally speaking, they go, Oh, well, he wasn't really bad. Anyway, they don't really like this one, which couldn't be further from the truth. So horses that run one time, I like to watch. Um, and there's one running tomorrow named Prairie Tales. What race? It's the last race. Uh, the horse was 33 to one first time out. And, uh, had a little bit of trouble away from the gate. I got it. and, was recovering very well, right? This one was quick. She was showing good speed and recovering and she got dropped on. She was down near the rail and those outer runners were moving over. She got intimidated. She moved back and then she recovered and was running well again. And it was just a really, really fast race all the way around. The winner of that race, Robin Sparkles was exceptionally fast for a maiden claimer. Uh, And uh, I think it's a fast race I think she's going to get overlooked. I was surprised she was five to one morning line. I thought she'd be higher. If they had a different rider up there and not Joel, I think she'd be a big number, but she's probably going to get ignored anyway.
1: Yeah. And you can see so in the trip, note, I, I pulled it up right here. It says one that is absolutely worth following a slight leap at the start cost her a ton of momentum, maybe four lengths was recovering quickly. It's all the stuff Ryan just talked about in this trip note. This is so much information. This is more than closer look or any of the workout reports. And I think that's why trip notes pro is so powerful. So I'm, I, I'm a huge fan as you can tell. That's why we brought you on. Um, and, and, how do, how does someone what do they just go to the thing go to the website and sign up? Yeah, there's always
3: so right now in Southern California at dmtc.com and sananita.com we have a free race. So we oh, analyze great. one race per day. So if you go to sananita.com, we're we're below Michelle Yu because she has more power politically <laughs> than we do. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that. So
3: uh, if you go to Handicappers, yeah, we've got a link on there, and you can just read the notes for one race per day. And then Keeneland, actually, we're going to be doing an entire day. for. They've got four Saturdays. We're doing the entire card for Keeneland. Oh,
1: that's great. So if great. you go to wow. their
3: site, you can read all those notes for free. Um, but then it's if not you expensive. Go to our site, which is Trip Pros. Yeah,
1: tripnotepros. It? but it's not expensive. It's what it's less than ten dollars a card in normal time when you're not given having freebies and you have specials for the well,
3: meat. This is what's funny is uh, I've got a different vision for the business itself with you know, different ways which I want it to grow. So we kind of just cast a wide net. It's it's extremely inexpensive. We we have probably thirty players that are begging us to charge more. <laughs> um they don't want everybody to and have that them. is no joke they, they they don't want the pools to get watered down and I, and I haven't seen that yet so i'm not really worried about it but uh yes yeah, it's, it's cheap i mean i don't know what it costs for a form these days it's probably it's probably about $6. the same $10. price as our yeah. products but
2: dollars that's a form. crazy
3: yeah that's that's a lot of money um and again like i said earlier a lot of a lot of times you open up the pps and they're just it's good information, but they lie to you. So unless you combine that with a visual aid, it's probably a lot of it's going to be lost to the to the user, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, it's nine bucks,
1: which is like, yeah. might as well be free. Exactly. Exactly. Ryan Flanders, Trip Notes Pro, uh, Trip Note You're, Pros. You've almost got it. you've almost got it. Trip, One trip, two, two pros. Trip Note <laughs> Pros. Trip Note Pros. I think trip I think Note that Pros. That New logo tripnotepros.com ryan founders uh, benny south street on twitter follow him he's a great follow uh thank you for spending the time with us today i hope uh i, I hope the people listening thank take you. this seriously i think it's a great product michelle any last words or-, or a question for ryan before we we wrap this up
2: no i thought he did great and i'm a big fan of the product as well i've been backing him since day one
1: amazing stuff man we i wish you the guys. best i wish you the best of luck with it and uh keep us posted and uh, go to sananita.com get your free play go to tripnotepros.com sign up it takes i think Ryan if you're an average let's say you're an average person like myself just kind of looking for the information it takes what to get through a 10 race card is 20 minutes 15 minutes to get the notes
3: yeah probably take you probably take you 3 minutes a race Right, would be my guess which is kind of nothing but You'll see. I mean, I think people, you're either going to like it or love it. And so far, people have loved it. Our conversion is exceptionally high. So people that have bought it almost always come back. So that's that's been a positive. Well, We're we proud you, of our
1: baby. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We know you're going to keep going, and this thing is going to be huge. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the uh, Horse Ownership Experience. And we'll be right back after this. Thank you both.
0: Midnight Storm. Striking sire line, grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Just like champion freshman sire, American Pharaoh. Striking speed, 110 by 133-1. Seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 grade one winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year.
1: And we're back on the horse ownership experience. Michelle, great guest. Ryan Flanders. I love this stuff. I can't get enough information.
2: I know you love it. I've been a fan of it since day one. I remember when Ryan pitched it to me, and I'm like, very interesting. So I'm happy to see that so many serious players have really taken this product to the bank.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I just, I'm an information junkie, and if it's out there and I can understand it, like I've struggled with some of the things like optics, I think it's called, and street, uh, I mean, uh, uh, stat lens. Yeah, It's almost like a little bit too sophisticated for me, if if that makes (laughs) sense. I I mean, I'm kind of making fun of myself, but like I, you know, I, I like being able to just have information and then take that information the way I want to take the information. I know those other groups do that. So forgive me, stat, stat lens and, and uh, race lens and uh, optics and those things. I just haven't found – I guess I haven't put in the time to really figure out how to use them, so it's probably my fault. Um, Michelle, we have a giant uh, day of racing uh, coming up on Saturday at Santa Anita. Do you want to just go through these really quick? Um, yeah. I sure. have the overnight up. want right? to do Saturday? Is yeah. What you
2: said? Okay.
1: Um, so, I mean,
2: it starts right. I, we have obviously opening day, which is back on Friday. Um, And that's still a really good card as well. But we have tons of winning your ends on Saturday, which just sets it up for a spectacular day. Like you said, um, first race on the card is a stakes race on Saturday. The unzip me. I think it is a super challenging five and a half furlong turf sprint for Phillies, and I find... That's on Friday. That's Saturday. Are you sure? Yeah, you're thinking of the Eddie D's on Friday.
1: Oh, I don't... I have the Sunday... Oh, I'm looking at Sunday, that's why. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, genius. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, so I thought... Now I have Saturday.
2: I mean, it's legitimately in that race already hard to separate a lot of these Phillies, Um, so I think we're just kicking off the day with an amazing... Stakes race. Uh, you flip right ahead to race number three, and it's probably going to be a Bob Baffert winning the grade two chandelier. Princess Noor won the Delmar debutante last time out in impressive style. Um, she takes on a couple of her own stable mates, but it's going to be hard pressed to catch her. She looked so damn good in the Delmar debutante. Uh, she will try a route of ground for the first time, though, so you never know. This $1.3 million OBS purchase might not want two turns, but to me, it looked like she was ready to go around again.
1: Daughter of not this time, as you said, 2 to 5 on the morning line, which uh, makes it a tough betting race, but it should be a good betting race to watch. Uh, Miss Costa Rica on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, $200,000 hit-at-a-bomb purchase from Richie Baltus, uh, was actually a pinhook of ours. I don't know if you know that. So uh, good luck to them at Chandelier Stakes. That's the first grade one. Go ahead. The next race, the next stake race, is the Speakeasy?
2: Yep. I thought this actually came up a little bit light because we have a lot of first-time starters in here. Um, Overall, it's intriguing. I think it probably is going to go to Commander Kai for Richard Baltus. It was a three-length maiden winner last time out. Going to be sprinting on the grass here for two-year-olds. This is a Breeders' Cup win, and you're in for the Juvenile Turf Sprint.
1: I like it. Like it. Then we go to the Rodeo Drive, which was last year was won by Mirth, by the way. FYI. Mm -hmm. FYI. Uh, And this is a good race.
2: This is a good race. And I'll tell you, I kind of like Tanahutu in here. Class is definitely going to be a question for her, although she was second in the Yellow Ribbon, two starts back, because there is not an iota of pace. And she likes to be relatively close. Uh, I mean, in the Yellow Ribbon, she was, you know, linked off of them kind of galloping along out there. I think if she breaks from the rail and ends up out in the front, she'll be able to kind of just go. I don't think distance is actually going to be a problem for her. So she's looked like a really savvy claim for Doug O'Neill. I think she's got a lot of upside just because of the pace scenario. Um, if not her, from the class standpoint, it's got to go to Lady Prancelot, who's your two to one favorite on the morning line. She's already a grade one winner at Santa Anita going the mile and a quarter distance, but she likes to come from out of it. And like I said, the, the pace scenario is just a big question mark for me.
1: I, I agree with you. I, I think Tonahutu uh, has to prove herself at a mile and a quarter. I okay. think uh, I think the distance is her uh, Achilles heel in this spot. Maxim Raid has been really, really consistent for our yes. friends at Slam Dunk and Simon Callahan. She comes off two w- big wins, including the, uh, I think it's the CTTTOC stakes at, at Del Mar this summer. And don't forget Bodicita's back in here, who beat Tonahutu uh, in the Yellow Ribbon at Del Mar this summer. So a really, really good race. Phillies uh, mm-hmm. and Mares going a mile and a quarter off the hillside turf course. I always like to say that. <laughs>
2: uh next is the grade one american pharaoh in here mile and a 16th for two-year-old colts this is a win and you're in for the breeders cup juvenile spielberg has been installed as your three-to-one favorite however he is still a maiden he has been bested by dr chevelle in both of his career outs uh dr chevelle or dr Shivel, however you want to say it will not be racing any further in 2020 we'll see him next year as a three-year-old um spielberg looked pretty good in defeat in the delmar futurity i feel like the added distance shouldn't be a problem for him his pedigree says two turns should be right up his alley he was a hefty purchase price of a million dollars here One uh, and he gets his third different rider in his third career start you don't see that a lot of times with
1: bob baffert no and uh, Louis Say is in is in town to ride maximum security we're going to get to him in a minute uh there's an interesting horse in here named weston who is trained by Ryan Hansen, who uh, made an impression winning the best pal at Del Mar. And we are excited to watch him stretch out to a mile and a sixteenth as well. Right, Michelle?
2: Yeah, we'll see how he does going around. I'm still not entirely convinced he wants to go two turns, but Ryan says fitness isn't a problem, that he thinks he'll go kind of at his clip all day long. Um, he did come out of the Del Mar Futurity with just a little bit of a snotty nose, and that's been cleared up, so that's really good. And, I mean, that
1: happens to me on a daily basis.
2: Right. and you know, We all have uh, snotty
1: noses these days. <laughs> as long as he doesn't have COVID. Um, uh,
2: you know, I, I think it's the, the, it was either this spot or, or wait to, to uh, run him back at Del Mar. There's not really a lot of opportunities to run a two-year-old that's already won a race. There's not like a lot of two-year-old winner's races. So he was doing good, and, and here he shows up. I would just like for him to get a clean trip. I am happy he drew towards the outside rather than smack dab in the middle like he's kind of been stuck. Uh, in his in his last race,
1: sure, John Henry Turf Championship, Grade Two, mile and a quarter, starting on the hillside turf for three and up. These are the boys, 200,000. We're going to have a big favorite in here, and that's United, who uh, Richard Mandela said was unlucky to lose last time. I don't believe he was that unlucky. Uh, But he finished second in the Del Mar Handicap. Originaire finished third. Proud Pedro finished fourth. They all return in here. Oscar Dominguez, actually, I think, was fifth in that race. So the second, third, fourth, and fifth finishers all run back in the John Henry. And you add, uh, uh, I think, um, Salvatore Mundy is sneaky in here, Michelle uh rispoli jumps on for phil damato who was red hot in these stakes races uh he's won this race many times and although he's eligible for a two other than there was no two other than so they put him in here uh he's he's kind of the up and comer in here we know a lot of these are quality long distance stakes horses especially united you have to he's going to be the favorite and he's going to be the horse to beat but uh if you're looking for a price here maybe salvatore monday what do you think?
2: I'm I like Salvador Mundi. I used him in my top three picks in here. And I think Mandela was kind of close. Like, he wasn't lucky to win. But what happened was Flavio and Pratt got outridden by Umberto Rispoli. Yeah. In that case. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: he made the move with Red King and got the jump on United. United likes to go far. And he does. He, he is able to sustain, you know, his runs. But he is not push-button. You can't say, go, bud. And he kicks up that other gear. Is that what he you would kinda, say
1: is go, bud? Like you go, on, bud. Is, is that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what I tell my horses when go, we're bud. galloping out. Yep, go, bud. That's what I call my uh, wife. So... <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that um, Mandela gave him like a three furlong blowout trying to get some more of that speed into him. Like before he ran in the Eddie Reed, we saw him do something similar. We we brought him back. He worked him like a bullet half mile or something like that, like really fast to try and like tell him, okay, you have to go shorter. We need to make you go a little faster. So I like the fact that he put that three furlong kind of speed into him to, you know, make sure this horse isn't just languishing around in the back.
1: Yeah. I like it. Finally, the last grade one of the day is the awesome again. It's a Breeders' Cup win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. It's at a mile and an eighth on the dirt. And this is this has to be a, the most interesting race of the day because right? Bob Baffert had was been trying has been trying to separate maximum security and probable who are somewhere in the top three to four older males in the country right now, right? I mean, maybe All even right. one, two. Um it, it, you know, I know there's others. There's Tom de Tonde, and then there's the whole three-year-olds, uh, and and my favorite, By My Standards. By My
2: Standards. Uh,
1: but this is great, because you're going to see two Bafferts uh, who both have similar styles also. It's going to be a yeah. very interesting race. Luis Saez jumps back aboard maximum security. And you also have Midcourt, who loves Santa Anita, and who also has that same style. And you have Take the 101, who also has a style, a speed and don't style. Don't forget
2: that Sleepy Eyes Todd is gonna to be shipping in here, uh, and he likes to go to the front it's,
1: too. This is going to be a, a, a very, very interesting tactical strategic race. And you know, for Todd out there who likes to listen to our show, he's no longer long range Toddy. He's Sleepy uh, yeah, Eyes he's Todd. Really
2: bad, Todd. So I will say this I feel like looking at this and looking at the pace scenario, I wanted to put him probable on top because he is not a need the lead. He can lay right off of them. Um, So I think that he gets a good tracking spot, even though he's dental on the inside. I don't necessarily think that'll bother him. I also feel like though, from the outside, Max just can kind of chill wherever he doesn't need the lead either. I mean, especially with Saez back aboard him and he just knows him so well. Um, The one drawback is Saez hasn't ridden him since Bob Baffert's been training him. And while he does appear to kind of, kind of be the same horse, Bob has been, giving him stiffer works and actually getting him interested more in the mornings because he's a very, very lazy workhorse. So he's kind of a cool
1: horse and you have to, I think we've talked about it on the show before with everything that happened with John service. I mean, um, you know, it's not John, Jason service. Service. I apologize, John, with everything (laughs) that happened. Sorry, John. I love John service, by the way, uh, Jason service. Um, this horse is cool. If you see him in the mornings, I've seen him a thousand times now when I'm out there. He's just a cool horse. He's, he's like so cute, isn't he, he really is. He's like he just looks like he doesn't he's not as like imposing as when, you know, Justify would be out there or American Pharaoh would be out there. He's different. He's he's kind of This a is going to sound weird, but he,
2: dollar claimer? Yeah,
1: and he feels like kind of like the people's horse. Like, people right. like him. Like, he gets a nickname, sure. Max. Like, you know, yeah. he's just like a – he feels like you could take him home and, and feed him dinner and kind of hang out in your backyard. <laughs> I know that's weird, but that's just – that's the sense I get. Um, I kind
2: of wish he was a gelding so we could do just that.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll – okay, huge day at San at Santa Anita on Saturday. We open Santa Anita back on Friday. Uh, Michelle, I wish you the best of luck this weekend with all of your runners. I see you have a bunch. Uh, we have none, but
2: that- – crazy why do you have none billy i
1: don't know just didn't work out um we had a bunch of horses that were canceled last week and the races didn't come back and we've got nothing going but we did win yesterday did you see the tater Oh, my
2: boy tate i did see him
1: crushed an allowance field at parks and uh for michelle nevin and we're very excited about tate he's he's very similar to max except uh not he can't go two turns and he hasn't won like 12 million dollars, but other than that, but other than that, he's very <laughs> he, similar. And he's, he's like
2: our New York version of Maxim, Security. yeah. I have
1: to tell you, he is the people's horse on Twitter. Uh, I have yes. to tell you, I talked to Michelle Nevin, and you'll like this. Um, that's the first time he's ever shipped anywhere other okay. than you know, b- uh, the Naira tracks. And Michelle Nevin, who is the best, uh, she was a little nervous and but she sent him there and she found out right before the race that the groom couldn't take him in to saddle like
2: his particular his
1: particular groom yeah because of covid protocols and she said she's she almost got sick she said she's never (laughs) been so nervous and like because this horse he lives in a padded stall i mean he is he is the devil incarnate he he he,
2: Really? Yeah. Don't and tell us that. We can't love him anymore. No, he he's naughty? just No,
1: he's naughty and, and tr- he's just trouble. She goes, she said, and I quote, I was waiting for the shit show. <laughs> so it was really nice that he went out and actually was totally, a total gentleman and ran huge. And uh, we expect more big things from my boy Tate. So that was exciting. Congratulations to all the Little Red Feather Nation partners. Uh, we actually bought a horse, Michelle, that you like.
2: I did. He was. I turned his page. He was on my short list. I really liked him.
1: Yeah, um, he's just outside
2: of my price range. So congratulations on. Yeah, no, him on.
1: we had looked at a lot of Midnight Storms. We'd actually bid on a few, and he was on the top of our list too. And we were just kind of waiting patiently and. He's really a cool horse. He looks just like Midnight Storm, except he doesn't have the big white blaze, but he has That's a little. A, yeah, he has a the little star, and then he has like some paint on his nose that you like. Someone tried yeah. to do something. I think Kissing they were trying nose. to paint it like Midnight Storm, and then they just kind of ran out of uh, ran out of white paint. That's what it looks like. <laughs> but he's very cool. He looks just like his dad, and and we are syndicating now. So if you are looking to get into horse ownership, call me, email you can name me, him Billy. His, we named him. Oh, what'd you name him? We named him the Kansas Comet.
2: Okay. Do you know who that is?
1: No. We um, Gail Sayers, one of the greatest running backs in the history of of the NFL, played for the Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> he died uh, yesterday, and oh. um, he was he was just an ambassador. Didn't you remember uh, Brian Piccolo? That whole story, Brian's song, that was all about G- with Gail Sayers. I just got the chills. And so, Gail Sayers' nickname was the Kansas Comet. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it was cool. We we were good. Cool. We couldn't decide the Kansas Comet or Kansas Comet, so I called Larry Colmas.
2: <laughs> and I said,
1: "What would be easier to say?" And he said, "The." The, the
2: yeah, yeah it's like here it's comes the distinction.
1: Yeah, and they're into the stretch. The here comes the Kansas Comet. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I still can't do I Larry like Colmus' voice. Can you do it as Trevor?
2: <laughs> and they turn for home. Here comes the Kansas Common He's opening up by four. It's the Kansas <laughs> coming all the way to the wire.
1: To the wire. I, I, you know what I was hoping you would say? What? Look at this guy. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs>
2: like, he just jumped in at the quarter pole. Home,
1: Jerome.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, happy birthday, Trevor. Thanks to Ryan Flanders coming on the show today. Trip notes. No, trip note pros.
2: One trip, two pros.
1: Right. TripNotePros.com. Go there. It's gr- a great handicapping tool. I think you'll really enjoy it. Michelle and I are making no money from this. This is not a sponsorship. Yes, we are friends with Ryan. Yes, we like Ryan, but his product is top-notch. Go try it out. Check it out. And uh, if you d- Tell us what you think. Go on Twitter at uh, BKLRF at the Michelle u. Our show Twitter is at OwnAHorse. Uh, as I said, my email, Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks to the sponsors, TaylorMade, Santa Anita, Del Mar. Appreciate all you guys do. Michelle, you're the best. I can't wait to see you finally this weekend. I feel Yay! like I haven't seen you in like a year.
2: I know. It's been so Where long. are you going to be? At my normal position right outside of the paddock.
1: Am I allowed to come out there?
2: Yeah, come on out. Make sure you have on your mask.
1: I will have my mask on.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, everyone, have a great weekend uh, and uh, keep listening. Thank you.
2: Bye.
0: You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, scat daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces. He's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor made stallion. Call today to book.